You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And Peyton lived up to everything that they thought he was going to be. You know, as Jaguar fans, we hope to get the same thing out of Trevor. You got to want it. Right. You got to be hungry. Like, that shit got to hurt. Do you think you ever get in? I, I think so. I mean, it's hard to deny me when my numbers are better than 15 other guys that are already in there. Maybe they have to find a way to get Tony Pacelli in first. Yeah. yeah. And maybe he will be lead blocking for me all over again. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get this show right away. Pat, what are we going to cover on this episode? First of all, Matt, we got a special, special show here. And welcome back to All Things Covered. But I would like to give two shout-outs to all the draftees who got drafted the other night with dreams coming true, being out there in Cleveland, enjoying that beautiful night with your families and friends. And two, I would like to give out a shout-out to the only athlete to play in two professional games within a night, Deion Sanders. How about my, how, how, shout out to Primetime, man. And you rocking the Primetime. And I'm rocking the Prime. Braves Atlanta jersey. Braves. Atlanta, hey, and it's Stitch too, man. Hey, that's, that's, hey, that's, uh, yeah. what is it? Mitchell that's a hard that's, number. That's what, that's what we call hard number. Yeah, that's, that's not the a hard soft number. number. That's a hard number. But Matt, we're going to get into the show, man, with the draft is in the books. Yep. You know what I mean? We, we got it all here for the breakdown from the first round and some of our favorite picks. And we got to welcome, uh, a Gator great. To the show, yeah. Fred Taylor, former All Pro running back and a current All Star podcaster, yes, will joining us here soon on All Things Covered. Make sure you stay tuned. First quarter of the show, I think defensively we're gonna come out and play a little cover three, get a nice drive going defensively. This is the chopping the part of our show. Chopping it up is a segment where we like to talk about things surrounding the NFL. Last week. The NFL draft happened in Pat's second favorite city, city, <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio hosted the NFL draft. And I can tell you this much. Thursday night, the weather was not playing friendly. It was what cold. Was it? it was cold and it was what, raining. What? It was oh, in the low 40s. Oh, okay. And it was windy. Did I not say the sun do not come out in Cleveland? It came did out on Saturday. That? You did. No, it came out. Well, Sunday, it's always it came gray out there, bro. Man, it, it is great. always gray. But in I, the city of Cleveland. I can tell you this much: they did a great job in hosting. The fans still came. They came out in support. People yeah. are fired up about this up, upcoming twenty twenty one season. Yeah, next, no, next, next year. Next year is big. Yeah, you you jumping the gun now. We still yeah, got to give thought, our. I thought, was, I thought you was gonna say uh the uh, the twenty twenty two draft. That's what. No, I thought no, we, we we gonna we gonna give Cleveland their flowers. They they did a great job in hosting twenty twenty one, uh, but we know what twenty twenty two is going to look like. But because the draft happened last week, we felt that it's only right during our chopping it up part of the show, we talk the NFL draft, and then we're going to highlight the Minnesota Vikings. Why? Because that's the team Pat Peterson plays for. The Vikings, they traded back from 14 to 23 and selected offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, Christian Durasaw. I love his game. He's a mauler. Pat P, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start 
at least by week two or week three, he's that type of player. So I love yeah. the first round selection. In the second round, you guys went and got Kellen Mund from Texas A&M with the second round pick. I think he was number 66 overall. Uh, I love that addition as well, you know, providing some depth at the quarterback position from our friend of the show, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you look at the backups, they're currently on the, on the roster. They have Nate, uh, Stanley's, uh, not really notable names to back up Kirk Cousins. So I like that pick in the second round. In the third round, you went and got athletic, versatile linebacker who used to play quarterback at North Carolina, Chad yeah. Surratt. Uh, in the third round, you also drafted another friend of the show, former guest, Janarius Gen- Robinson in the fourth round. In totality, you drafted six offensive players and five defensive players in the entire draft. Thoughts on your first round pick? I know you might not know too much about Christian Derisaw, but I can tell you this much, Pat P. Being able to move back and get him at 20, at 23 is a huge plus. I think he's going to be a difference maker for you guys. Remember, you asked me, I think it was last week, you know, what area, which area you guys were targeting. I said either defensive line or offensive line in the first round. And they yeah. came out and got an offensive line player. So I, I think you're going to be definitely happy with this. Uh, question I have for you, you took a quarterback in the second round. Were you surprised to see that or hear that after the fact that it happened? Kellen Munn, like I said, an experienced quarterback uh, who was coached by another friend of the show, Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo, yeah. who we had on the show uh, during the season. Uh, but what were your thoughts when you heard Kellen Munn quarterback went in the second round to to the Vikings? Um, honestly, I didn't have any thoughts at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> not really knowing and, you know, not being around a team and seeing, you know, some of the things that they really wanted to go after or, you know, if they were really happy with their quarterback situation. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just out in the blue like, like the fans are, you know, um, you know, I've just been seeing some of the feedback that, you know, that the team has been getting far as their draft class, you know, began a yep. lot of praise on the guys that they uh, selected last week. So I'm taking that as a, as a good thing. You know what I mean? I hear a lot of great things about Christian. Uh, like you said, he's a uh, here, you know, he's a, He's a, he's a building mover. You know, that's what, you know, that's what's coming from, you know, from his name. So I think that was a great pickup here in the talks that's, you know, that's, that's coming with his name. So, um, and all the other guys really don't, really not really familiar with the guys that we picked up. I know we picked up, we picked up, um, my guy, um, Robinson. Uh, yeah. Janoris. Yep. Yeah. We yep. picked up Janoris uh, in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also the guys on, I love that pick, by the way. I think he, I think he's going to be, a huge asset to the ball club this season, special yeah, team wise, to, and if you get an opportunity in defensively. Yeah, shout out to all our um, all things covered draftees. You know, all all the, all the guys that came on uh, all things covered got drafted. Oh yeah, so, we we uh, we we came through. I mean, our guests yeah, we that got, we had on. Who we had? We, got. we had the first defensive player. Yeah, J.C. Horn. He went number eight to the Panthers. Yeah. He said on our show he was the best defensive player. And I yeah, guess the NFL it. felt the same way because he was the first defensive player to come with the board. Gregory Russo, Gregory. Uh, number 32, the Bills. Bills. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. went in the second Chargers. round to the Chargers. Rondell Moore went Rondale. second round to yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Robinson. Oh, Mike. And Mike, Mike Strawn. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and also, hell, Alabama just stole the damn show. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. They had six yeah. first rounders. Yo, Tied check this out. After day one, that 2017 Alabama team, after day one when all the first rounders were selected, that 2017 team had a total of 40 guys drafted. Yeah. After day one, that 2017 roster had 40 guys to get drafted after the first round. So Alabama was just doing what they, what they do best. The SEC 
dominated. Most ever, 65 players selected. ACC had 42. The Big 12 did not have one player to go in the first round, by the way. Mm. LSU had seven players picked. Florida State had four. The state of Florida, most of any state, had 37 players from Florida get Where picked. Where real athletes come from. Hey, but check this out, though, Pat P. 12 players well, from selected from Broward County. That we had that conversation most. with Greg Russo. That right. got to be the most. 12 and players. And Asante. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, we talked about that with Asante yeah. also. But get this. 12 players from the county, Broward County, yeah. right, were selected. The state of Louisiana had, I think, only 13. Wow. But they say, but they say, but they say Texas and, and Arizona, uh, Louisiana got, got, got a little, a little bit better football, huh? That's what they say. That's what they say. Broward County also had more <laughs> players from the state of Ohio, the state of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, another state. They had more players. Man, we uh, just, just the county alone. Man. Oh, no question. <laughs> no question. And when you look at the highlight of the draft, I think in the first round, Pat P, the quarterbacks, that was a huge focus. Overall focus, uh, the Trey Lance went number three to the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields went 11 to the Which Bears. I told you they wasn't taking no dang on. You uh, said that. Mac Brown. Mac, Mac, I meant, uh, Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. <laughs> he said, so Mac they weren't taking that man. Mac Jones went into a great situation though. He went he to did. He, went he did. I will, I will say that, 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 that might be the steal of the quarterbacks though. In my question. opinion. Yeah. Did you in see his walk <laughs> yes. to the podium? Is he huh? a commissioner? Did you see his, his fast trout? Uh, oh uh, man, you, you, he said that's what he wanted all all along. <laughs> did you see how fast he was walking though? Man, I, yeah, I did. Man, I thought the man was gonna trip over his uh over his uh <laughs> over his over his pleat bottom pants, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how surprised were you when you saw Trey Lance go number three to to San Francisco? Team used to play against in the division. They traded up a lot. They traded up yeah. to go get Trey Lance. Must saw something special in him. How, how surprised were you uh, seeing that? Man, I thought they literally. I, I thought they really was gonna go with Fields. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah. I thought. I thought either Fields or Mac Jones. Yeah, I knew they weren't going with Jones. I yeah, knew that for a fact. But I thought Fields. I thought Trey was a bit a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, I, I thought. Agree. I thought he would end up where Fields is. I thought he would end up out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I think I think he's gonna work work well. He got, a, I mean, his athletic ability, his upside to is just unbelievable. And just yeah. have an opportunity to watch some of his his clips and the way he's able to spin the ball. And he a dog, man. And you can't deny that for sure. And the luxury that they have with with Trey Lance, they don't necessarily gotta force him into yes. action right now. Right now, because Jimmy Garoppolo, know he's playing. He has he's playing on borrowed time in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, what yeah, I mean? Jimmy, so, Jimmy's a starter, and we and, and I think the reason why they went and got a quarterback because they don't want to continue being left in limbo when Jimmy get hurts. Yeah, you know, that's been Jimmy mo. You know, he played. Mm-hmm. He had, you know he finished the season once, and they went to the Super Bowl. All granted. He, he's great when he's on the field. I agree. But when he's not on the field, the team suffers. So no that's why they had, it was, it was a no brainer. They had to go out and get a quarterback because the quarterbacks that they had, they can win with them, but they can't, they couldn't compete. Mm-hmm. And in this league, you know, you want to be able to compete and not just win. You know what I mean? Obviously you want to be able to win and be in position to win. But when you have the opportunity of having 53 guys on the same page, that's, willing to that's putting you in the best position uh, best position to compete yep. to win hey man that's all you can ask for now it's time for your favorite part of the show and one of my favorite parts of the show has pat 
hurt. If you're a new fan of this show, this is a part of the show we decided to implement because during the off season, Pat is moving around. He loves to travel. He loves to golf. So he's not really in tune about what's happening around him in the sporting world. So we decided to try to check his knowledge a little bit. His overall record so far, 24 of 38. Out of 38 questions, he's gotten 24 right. Last week, the committee came out and said he's two out of four last week. Uh 50%. Two out of, yes, the committee, they came together. They decided it was a few questionable answers from you, Pat P. They decided to go the opposite direction. I got, hey, I got two challenge flags, don't I? Yeah. No, you only got one. You only got one. Just like, hey, I thought, I thought, I thought the league get two challenge flags. Well, you got to get one right. Last week, you didn't get one right. So you (laughs) lost. You only had one last week. So this is the first question for Has Pat Heard. Guys that are listening to us, guys that are watching us on YouTube, do you think Pat will get this one right? First question for you. Did you hear that Aaron Rodgers is happy with the Green Bay Packers and reportedly threatening to retire? No, man, he's unhappy, man. You said the man. I mean, unhappy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unhappy. (laughs) So evidently I heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You heard that one. Okay. He wasn't under a rock. This past Thursday, Packers have come out and said they're not trading him. Broncos are rumored as a potential destination. Uh, we all know last year's draft in 2020, they spent a first rounder on a quarterback. Uh, Green Bay talented team last two years made it to the conference championship game in the past two seasons. But Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. Do you think he will get traded at some point in time this season? You know, quarterbacks are a little bit more demanding than any other position, you know, on the field. So, you know, is it possible? No doubt about it. Is it out of the question? No. You know, I wouldn't be surprised that he uh, that he would be, you know, get traded to another another team. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he get get traded to another team if he's coming out, you know, saying that he's unhappy, and there haven't been reports of him, you know. Back in those statements of coming out saying that, you know, that's false or this, that, and other, you know, apparently he is unhappy. So it's been some terminal memorial, you know, boiling, you know, for a while that we've been hearing over the uh, sports world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it looked like it's finally, finally about to come into fruition. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I won't be surprised if he uh, get traded. Well, if he, if that happens, if that becomes a reality, I think it's safe to say the Vikings should be the favorites in the black and blue division. You think so? NFC North, y'all no question. If they trade Aaron so. Rodgers, yeah, your new team should be the should, <laughs> hey, I, I saw I did, to this, I did see this, which would be interesting, though. They said uh, that Seattle was trying to do off an even trade. What? So Seattle would get Aaron Rodgers and Green yeah. Bay would take Russell. Russell Wilson? Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, <laughs> I mean, clearly he has another potential opportunity hosting jeopardy so right. you know that could be a and great both of them have been you know both of them have have come out and say they have been unhappy so yeah <laughs> that yeah. that could be a possibility hey pat if if you could host a, a game show which show would it be oh uh, if i had an opportunity to host a game show like aaron Rodgers did you know jeopardy. oh man it'll probably um uh family feud man <laughs> no pat no pat i saw you on family feud that answer you said a host though yeah, but you to be a host, you got to be a good uh, participant. Also, I don't think no, you're a good that ain't true. That ain't true, man. Some of them answers, bro. You got to think weird, yeah. like because I watch Family Feud, so you can't give the obvious answer all the time. Fact. So you the have to think you, out of the box. What, what was the question you had? They had everybody. It was roll like, it. where you go to cry in a as a female. As a it was yeah, like as a female. Where do a female go to cry? 
So, so closet was already taken up. Bathroom was already taken up. Car was already taken up. Uh, I forgot the other one. Tell me what else you gonna choose. You said go to a bar. I said a rest. I said a restaurant. Yeah, you. you, know, you said, all right, so, they so got you too much me, pride. You got ten seconds. You got ten seconds. Where you gonna cry? What? Uh, where would a female go cry uh, after a breakup? Ten seconds. Best, best friend house. Best friend house. Oh, that's a good one. Man, you already had it though. Like you already. What had, <laughs> now you already give saw my like three. All right, give me another one then. Best friend house. One, two, uh, three. Out in four, in the car five, in the garage. Uh, neighbor's house, car, neighbor's car, house. The car, the car is already gone. The car, neighbor's house. In the garage, that's y'all, that's all their friend's house. Bam, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd be a good host, but you can go ahead and try to host Jeopardy. Hey, it'll, you, know it'll be that. you can do, you can do Jeopardy. I mean, not Jeopardy, but family feud, because all you gotta do is ask the questions. You that's it. That's what I'm saying. That or freaking, um, I like Will of Fortune too, though. Mm. I can, I can do Jim Carrey job. I got great energy. You said Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, Jim, I said Jim Carrey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I said Jim. No, Carey. that's the Price is Right. Jim, Jim, Jim. Oh, yeah, you're right. My, right. Bad, my bad, my bad. Price is Right. Price Drew Carey. Right. Drew Carey is Carey, hosting Drew the Carey, Price, Price is Right. Drew Shout Carey. out to Drew Carey. Yeah, Drew Carey. My bad, Drew. My, you don't want me on well, the show. I'll tell you that. Yeah, man. you might. Pat Sajak is the Wheel of, For- Wheel of Fortune host. Him and Van on White. Okay, yeah, I don't want to do Wheel of Fortune. It's too bit, too slow for me, man. I like, I like action, man. I like, I like to involve, I like to be involved with people. And you can be involved with people on Family Feud. Yeah. And the Price is Right. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep that in the back, in the back of our minds. Whenever you get another opportunity to be on, uh, Celebrity Family Feud, hopefully you have a better, <laughs> better answer. All right. So you got the first hey, one right. Time out. Time out, Mac. I got? was the one that got us started on that subject because I was oh, the one that go up there. You won the buzzer. Yeah. Okay. So give That's me good. some credit, man. I'll be doing you me that credit. You, you had a good suit on. You had a good suit and you got the, 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 the team started off with winning at the buzzer. Thank you, man. I took my brim that round, but I definitely got us started. All right, next question. Tim Tebow worked out with what NFL team? Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end. Everybody okay. want that boy back, man. Okay. All right. You 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 two for two. I'm on fire, man. Somebody somebody call uh, Phoenix Firehouse. <laughs> question for you regarding Tim Tebow. Why was it so difficult for him to uh replicate the success he had in college going to the NFL, you think? I think because, you know, and college is a little bit more easier to tailor make, you know, tailor make a certain style or, you know, a game plan around one player. You know what I mean? And I feel like, especially when you have the opportunity to go get players that fit that scheme as well, like the Percy Harvins, like, uh, I mean, Chris they Riley's. Had, I mean, the, the list goes on. You know what I mean? Um, the Riley, uh, I mean, uh Riley, Riley Coopers. Riley Coopers. Yeah. Uh, um, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. When you get, uh, the Pouncy twins, when you get yeah. guys like that, that you're able to surround a guy they have that, a you know, runs a, a specific, you know, style of offense, it's easier to flourish in that, uh, in, on a college level. Now, when you go into the, and we all knew that Tim Tebow wasn't the best wasn't the best at throwing the football as far as mm-hmm. accuracy, as far as arm strength, put, uh, arm strength, pushing the ball down the field, hitting those deep shots and being consistent with it. So it was always a gamble, you know, when he was coming into the league anyway, because, you know, I felt like, you know, going up against him, we haven't quite seen enough to see if he was going to be able to adapt to the NFL level. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's what, that's, I think that's why it was so, um, that's what makes college in the NFL so difficult. You know, that's why, you know, teams are doing 
a lot more research now versus just going and picking a Heisman Trophy winner because he he was a damn good football player in college. But yeah. is that talent going to transit uh, transition over into the league or? what you have your offense and vision of doing. So now if he came into the day's league, he probably would have been a little bit better off because now teams are looking for mobile quarterbacks. Teams are looking yeah. for, you know, having that little bit more uh, play action, boot type options in their uh, in their repertoire on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think it was just bad timing for him because he is a hell of an athlete. You know, we, we were able to see what he was able to do in the pro style offense. That's something that didn't fit his style. Mm-hmm. Um but um, hopefully, you know, he get another shot at tight end and and, uh, and make the best of it. Because like I say, he is a hell of a ball player. You can't deny that. So Pat P so far and has Pat heard you're two for two. Let's see if you can finish flawless. Next question for you. Zavin Collins, first rounder for the Arizona Cardinals. When he got drafted, he said he is excited to play with who? Uh-oh. If I had to take a wild guess. I did not see this. Okay, well you can get you can guess. The committee yeah. is okay with you guessing. <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. It gotta be Buddha. Gotta be Buddha Baker. Yeah. Who, oh, by the way, decided to change his number to number jersey three, three this year. So yep. Buddha Baker is your final answer. Uh, yeah. Well, Pat P. Uh, wrong. Was it Isaiah? Zayvon Collins, when he got drafted, talented linebacker from University of Tulsa, mm-hmm. when he got drafted, he said, yo, man, I'm excited to play with Patrick Peterson. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> he That's said crazy. I just saw him at dinner the other night, too. I took my girls to uh, Ocean 44 for uh daddy-daughter uh, date, yeah. and I saw him uh, having dinner with uh with the linebackers coach. Yep. Yeah, I did see. That's crazy. And the crazy thing about it, he did yeah. see. He said, "Man, it's a pleasure. To, it's a pleasure to meet you, man. Just that another." And uh, because Coach introduced me, he's like, "Yeah, this Patrick. You know, obviously played with us last year. This mm-hmm. that another. Oh man, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. This that another. I, I, if I would have known he said that, I would have said something. But that's funny. I did not know he said that. Yeah, he said he decided. <laughs> didn't even know you're not even a part of the Arizona Cardinals. But that tells you, <laughs> you know, people still remember you for being a Cardinal. You did some real good things. So I think. I think. You should feel you should feel real good yeah, that, about that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. But you got it wrong though. So that's wrong. Uh, that's pretty cool, but you got it wrong. All right. So you <laughs> you two you two you two uh you two for one. You got yeah. two right, one wrong. That's cool. You got it wrong. The next question, yeah, got, the final question for you. Final question for you. Michael Vick ran the forty. Oh yeah, I saw that thing was stank. Oh. <laughs> How fast did he run? You're in a, 40 a years four old. seven something. I think it was a four seven two. Oh, you got it right. It was funky. Yeah, it was funky. <laughs> okay, so Pat P, when you get when you become forty, what do you think you can clock? Hey, listen, when I become forty, I'm not a, even attempting to run a, a forty yard dash. <laughs> Those <laughs> days are over with, Matt. <laughs> it ain't been a risk of freaking pulling my back, hamstring, rolling okay. the ankle. So if you were to run a forty right now, what you clock? You think? Uh, I can get a four four easily for sure. Okay. Yeah, well, I can. Say, I can get a four. I, I ain't gonna go with no crazy number and say four, four three like I'm yeah, still twenty one years old. Yeah, I can get a four four for sure. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, this edition of Has Pat Heard we gave three Pat four. Peterson four total questions. He got three right. Yeah, three for four. Ain't a bad. Ain't a bad outcome. Man. Three for that. four today. 75%. Okay. No question. No I'm question. Passing. No question. 
We're almost at halftime. But before we get to halftime, we got to take care of seven questions. Now, our faithful watchers and listeners, remember, it used to be 21 questions. But because Pat Peterson announced on our show he's changing his jersey number from 21 to number seven, we felt that it was only right. It's only right that we change this part of the show to seven questions. So we had to rebrand it. 21 questions is now turned into seven questions. Like I said, seven questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, the fan, the listeners, and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get it to it on the show. This week's question come from TwinsGuy03. TwinsGuy03. He says, I was looking for another player-led podcast and glad I found this one. Keep the quality and the cre- creative content coming. Seven questions for you. What was your first, and this question is directly to you, Pat Peterson. Okay. What was your first positive and negative impression of Minneapolis, Minnesota, when you joined the Minnesota Vikings? Hashtag Vikings Nation. Well, what was your first, first positive and negative impressions, if any? <laughs> Well, the negative impression was my first time going to Minnesota outside, outside of playing, uh, the Vikings was, uh, the Super Bowl, which was in 2008, which I think was the greatest Super Bowl party no, that was, festivities. That was 2018, was it? That's what I, oh, I said 2008, my bad. 18, yeah. 2018. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. By far, who I thought Minneapolis, you know, hosted as far as the festivities, the parties. It was nice. One of the, had one of the better Super Bowls, uh, that I, that I've been to, but it was also minus like 17 degrees. And I've never lived in anything colder than 40, well, uh, I say 30, 33 degrees. 30, 35 is freezing. So I never lived in anywhere, any climate under 33 degrees. So that's the first negative impression. I have to, I, I, I still got to wrap my mind around how I'm going to adapt to the tundra out there in Minneapolis. And my first, uh, my positive impression was getting an opportunity to, to start, to start a new chapter in my football career. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, I had an opportunity to spend 10 years here in Arizona, had a great 10 years, you know, had a great 10 year career, um, there in Arizona, here in Arizona, built some great relationships, but you know, now, uh, have an opportunity to see something new, experience something new is it, definitely a blessing. So, uh, have an opportunity to to open up this new chapter in this book that uh that I continue to write of my NFL career. Okay, dope. Appreciate you for your question, Twins Guy Zero Three. Nice question, Pat P. Answered it for you. Uh, make sure you continue to give us your questions. We can get them on the show, and we can definitely make sure we answer them and give you a shout out. All things covered, listeners. If you're not checking us out on YouTube, make sure you rush to YouTube right now. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered so you can see BMAC and Pat Peterson. Oh, by the way, for guys that are currently watching this, if you see Pat P in the background, he has a nice Viking color warm up in the background. Oh, by the way, Pat P, I'm still waiting on my number seven gotcha, dog. jersey. That purple seven should be coming to me shortly. Sooner than later, and when he when he sent it to me, you two fans, I will wear it during the show. But as you see, Pat P already repping his new city, already repping his new team with that nice purple warm up in the background, and I see Supreme too. Oh, we want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. 
Each week, we give clues for our next guest. And the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. So we have to shout out Cardinals Red Zone. Who was the first to guess Santana Moss last week? I follow us at All Things Covered Pod for the very best content from the show. It's halftime for us. On the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Jacksonville Jaguar legend, Florida Gator legend, Fred Taylor. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gents, we back from halftime. You guys been following our show. You guys know straight out of the locker room, we always make a add an addition to our talented team. So, you know, usually we go on the defensive side. We've been adding some secondary guys, some guys that rush the passer. But we got to score some points. And yeah, Pat man. P, you know, he's gotten in the end zone a few times. You know, I gotten in once. But we need to, we need an individual who can get in the end zone at any given time. <laughs> so we went out and added a big-time playmaker to the team. Ninth overall pick in the 1998 NFL draft out of Florida. 13-year NFL vet, primarily with the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the best players to ever lace up his cleats in Duval County. Nearly 12,000 career rushing yards, part of the I Am Athlete podcast, which you can find on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. You can catch him on social media at Fred Taylor Made on Twitter, Fred Taylor underscore made on Instagram. No other than the legend, living legend himself, Fred Taylor joining us here, all things covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, Fred T, how you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, I got to do this short more often. That's a hell of an introduction. <laughs> man, listen, Fred, man, we're going to give you your flowers while you're here, man. You, I, I'm going to tell you right now, straight out the gate, you was one of my favorite running backs watching. Even though you went to Florida, that, that <laughs> mirror visor with the blue tights, oh, with yeah. the jersey, the, the jersey hemmed up with the flapjack hanging out. Nah. Yeah. The, the swag was on point. And then when you went to Jacksonville, man, how you was causing so much hell to opposing defenses you were facing in Jacksonville. You was my favorite running back until I had to play against you in that crack with place when y'all used to make the corners tackle all yeah. the time. Yeah. I didn't want to see man. it. Hey, 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 Pat P used to come out there, 22 personnel, two yeah. backs, two tight ends, and make the corners tackle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was always that was always the game plan, man. Uh, love love those matchups, though. You know, uh, me and Pat P, we didn't get a chance to to play against each other. I don't I don't recall. Nah, nah, I just those, uh, right. So those Steeler matchups, they were always classic matchups. Hell, even the the Florida Florida State matchups were always great matchups. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, at Florida, we used to get our stuff. We used to try to steal our swag from the dudes out like out in Nebraska. You know, those guys, cause it seemed like the rules, they said you gotta have your jerseys long. You know, right. you can't have them short. 
But they used to have their jerseys way up here. And we right. used to Lord, be, Lawrence uh, Phillips used to do Man, that. we used to be pissed off and upset. Like, <laughs> we can't even, you know, we can't even rock like that. So I kept mine just above the waist. But um, it was fun. Once the kids in the hood in Gainesville say they love the visor, I had to keep it. That mirror visor was cold. Was clean, dog. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Hey, hey, so Fred, the team that you, you've been most associated with, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. they were in the headlines. I mean, the entire pre-draft process because they had the number one selection. Everybody knew they were going to select Trevor Lawrence. Uh, right. based on what you know, you know, what the organization, the, the, the hunger to be relevant all over again and knowing the type of player that Trevor was on the co- collegiate football field. Do you believe he could be that guy that could lead the organization to their first ever Super Bowl appearance at some point in time in his professional career? People that know me know I'm always optimistic. You know, I have to be realistic as well, but my optimism around the draft, especially this one, you know, just, just the hype that, that Trevor brings with him, you know, the, the play, you know, just, just everything about the kid, uh, everything he did on the field with Clemson, uh, who he is as a person off the field. You know, that'll that'll hold big and hold a lot of weight in the Jacksonville community. I mean, the anticipation, you know, and and, and not knowing for sure throughout most of the season if we were going to land that number one spot for this opportunity. You know, from what I've heard prior to the draft, you know, he's a, you know, a, a lifetime quarterback. You know, those Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's. More so Peyton Manning because Tom wasn't as, you know, uh, highly thought of prior to the draft. But right. Peyton was. And Peyton lived up to everything that they thought he was going to be. And that's what we all hope, you know, as Jaguar fans, we hope to get the same thing out of Trevor. You know, for a young guy who um he knows the pressure is on his shoulder. But he's opening, you know, he's welcoming it with open arms. And uh he's up for the challenge. So everything that I, I see – to date, you know, I think he's a kid who can come in uh, as a young leader, be able to to demand from the team with a sense of urgency, success. Uh, so I'm hoping that's the case. I think uh, Coach Meyer has done well so far, you know, his his first uh, shot in the pros simply by what they've done in the draft. So uh, still has to translate to wins on the field, but it's a good start right now. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was definitely uh pleased with the pick and I think, you know, half of the universe knew Trevor was going to be uh an absolute lock with that number 1 pick uh in Jacksonville, but obviously you guys wasn't uh only making draft news uh in Jacksonville. There's been reports following a former Gator, Tim Tebow working out uh for the <laughs> team as a tight end. What was your reactions? Man, hey, <laughs> you know uh to to be honest, man, um just going back to even when Tim played, I don't think Tim got a complete fair shot in the NFL because most of the coaches were saying we need the the prototypical NFL quarterback, and he's right. not that. You know, and that was just before, you know, the zone reads and the offenses changed up. And I think had Tim been able to hold on long enough to have those offenses come come to fruition and develop them as they have been the, the, the last couple of years – I think you would have saw a better quarterback. And Tim, he's always had the will, the passion, desire to go out there and find a way to win. We cannot deny that. And he's a guy that, you know, passionate about all things, definitely sports. And with that workout, you know, it was surprising because here he is 33, but he's still going at it. He's still trying to show that I need a shot in this league. 
And you can you can give you can coach a guy. You can't give him speed, but you can coach a guy to be in the right position if he's that you know caliber of smarter player. But you can't give a guy heart, right. you know. And I've seen a lot of careers in short because the guys don't fight, you know, for for you know the talent that guy had given them. Guys don't always display it because they don't necessarily have the heart, the heart to fight more than anything else. So just that alone, man, I was like, you know what, that that's cool. I don't know what's going to happen, but his main man, Urban Meyer, is there, and we all don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, it, it's cool to see him out there still fighting, whether he makes it or not. But just to be able to still say, you know, I'm going to give it a try, that means a lot to me. And it added headlines. I think that's uh, what we've seen so far from Jacksonville, you know, in the offseason was clearly the most headlines we see, we've seen associated with Jacksonville over the right. last few years. Right. So uh, that is a positive. Outside of, you know, Trevor Lawrence going number one, you guys had a, another first round selection in the back end of the first round. Decided to go with Travis ETN, explosive airbag, some people call him, out of the University of Clemson. Uh, some people was a bit surprised because James Robinson, an undrafted free agent last year, he toted that rock real good for Jacksonville. Do you, do you believe when you look at all the needs that Jacksonville needed to address, drafting a running back in the first round with the second first round selection was the right choice? You know, um, there are some other, um, you know, it, it seems that there were some other needs that needed to be addressed. But mm-hmm. also, you know, you have some GMs that firmly believe in we need to take the best player available. Yeah. Um, and, and, and James did have, he had a solid rookie campaign, especially for an undrafted guy. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, undrafted, he's still cheap. He is no. cheap. He is cheap, cheap, cheap. Yep. You know, when you have a guy like Travis, you know, who's been car- compared to the likes of, uh, Kamara. So mm-hmm. with, with an offensive minded coach and coach Meyer, first and foremost, he wants to be able to spread his offense, you know, give the, the, the young quarterback and, uh, um, Trevor Lawrence an opportunity to disperse the ball to all receivers. And James Robinson, he did show that he has great hands coming out of the backfield, swing routes, check downs. Can he get out there and run the deep wheel routes? You know, can he split out, flank out and run, you know, a, a stick route or, or angle route against a linebacker or maybe even a, a nickelback or, or down safety? Uh, ETN, he's shown that ability. So I, I'm okay with the pick simply because he's a guy that he's very versatile. We haven't seen that in Jacksonville really since, uh, Maurice Jones drew, yep. who was able to split out and do all those things. Even myself, I wasn't that type of back uh, as I got older. But uh, th- 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 there's some quality in, in, in that selection, I think. And they're just going to have to find a way to mask what they didn't get. You know, uh, I thought defense was a need. Uh, they felt that it wasn't. Uh, it'll show throughout the season. Uh, if they can score a shit ton, uh, a gang of points, I don't know if I can curse on you. I know we curse on him, but uh, hey, hey, well, however how you feel, Fred. Hey, Fred, however, we got an edited version and an unedited version, so we got one for the children <laughs> and love. we got one for the adults. It's, it's all love, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely all love. So yeah, um, so I don't know. I, I'm okay with the pick at, at the very end of the day. I think you know he's a great caliber player. I thought he would have gone maybe a little sooner, yeah, but it wasn't a running too. back draft. Uh, but you know, we'll see how it pans out. I like him. I like him as a runner too. Well, Fred T, we're going to take it back a little bit. So we're going to talk, we're going to go before Jacksonville and we're going to go before Gainesville. You grew up in Bell Glaze, Florida, not the Muck. from Muck uh, City. Us, yeah. Muck oh, yeah. City. 
How uh, how did your upbringing influence your football journey? You know what would have been great, man, if I'd have caught y'all, Young Bucks, McCarthy, and uh, uh, <laughs> Pumpin' O'Healy, right? Yeah, Blair yeah, Healy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey, man, I was trying to get out of business because in the muck, I had a grill at the time. Yeah, <laughs> you had you had the top, you had the top and the bottom, or just the bottom? No, just the top, just the, just the top. Oh yeah, okay, Florida yeah, boy, just, just do the, the just do the top, man. So, just Fred, you used to play with your grill in your mouth in high school? Oh yeah, college too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, my oh, yeah, college man, too. Yeah, when I got in the NFL, you know, I was able to, um, cause I kind of snuck and did it. My grandmother, she wasn't happy about it. Yeah. And that's the one lady on the planet who I, you know, tried my best to, uh, make happy. Right. So, um, this is also the lady I promised that I would get her house when I was in the eighth grade, not knowing how, but right. God made it happen. <laughs> um, so as soon as I got a few dollars, man, talking to a couple people, you know, they talked about, you know, the marketability. Yeah. Uh, cause back in the days, gold teeth were kind of frowned upon like dreads mm, and tattoos, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I was like, all right, you know, plus it'll make my grandmother happy. So I'm not just doing it just for a few dollars. I'm doing it to make this lady happy. So, uh, so I removed them, but playing, okay. playing football and coming up in Belglade, uh, wasn't easy. Football was easy. It was our outlet, but the growing up part was tough. You know, not a whole lot of resources. Football is really the only thing that, uh, you know, you can do to kind of get away from, she's everything else. Really, yeah, right, right. it's like a almost like a third world country mm-hmm. and food deserts left and right, and a whole lot of other stuff that I won't get into on this podcast that needs to be addressed. Yeah, but yeah. um, a lot a lot of stuff down there, a lot of initiatives that need to to happen to make the place feel like home again. Uh, yeah, yeah. But those kids are there, you know, they're going through the same thing, you know. But football is their outlet. Uh, we, we're not as um, dominant as much of a powerhouse as we used to be mm-hmm. in the days when we had five, eight D1 guys coming out at a time each year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of families are afraid of the, the violence and the gangs and everything that have come up in the past uh, decade, I guess. And a lot of those kids are moving away to West Palm. So a lot of our products are now going to school on the coast, you know, and the coast is getting credit where in all actuality, you know, those kids were still born and raised in, developed in their youth back in Belgrade. But um, my time was good. My my time was good, man. Just the whole area, Palm Beach, Broward, Day, you know, just Florida itself, uh, the best football on the planet. No question. No denying that. No mm-hmm. question. Hey, Fred, is it true, you know, because we used to hear it all the time, you know, down in Broward. I already know what you're going to yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> y'all used to chase rabbits. Is it true? You know, a lot of people did. I, I can honestly say I didn't. Again, my grandmother, she she worked her butt off for us. Yeah, uh, and whatever little she made, I had to be the guy to be home or the kid to be home to watch my siblings. Right. So I never made it in the field to to chase any rabbits, but a lot of people do, and, and for two reasons they do. Right, uh, one is they might not have a meal on their plate, you know, wow. so they're going out there to chase rabbit, and and, and the rabbit will, the rabbit will find its way to their plate, and that's one one means of survival. The other one is um, people that would drive through the town traveling through they will be selling the rabbits on the side of the road wow. and um yeah so uh it was for a lot of people a means of survival of some sorts but it is definitely a true story now whether it uh helped us develop our speed you know i i i, I doubt that uh, much <laughs> but um yeah, but uh, they definitely chased a lot of rabbits. I was gonna say, uh, Fred, you had to be chasing rabbits, man. You 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 was clocked at a four 
428 one time 428. in 40. And you was obviously not the proto. Well, you was a, a, you had nice not, size on you. But he was a, slept on your size and speed, but. I was gonna say right. you had to be chasing some rabbits running a four two. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, but uh I I know what I did do. You know, we had the older cats in the hood, they had these pit bulls and these dogs, and uh, they'd be like, sick them. And I used to run. <laughs> I, I can say I used to run from the dogs. But uh, you know, I, I do know the rabbit thing is it's for me, I think it's more of a myth. Uh, because we are competitive down there. And we start at a young age. You're at the park, you know, you're in the neighborhoods. It's ball, 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 sports, sports, sports. Right. Uh, and it's a lot of track, a lot of races, a lot of running. So, um, you know, maybe some of that has to do with it, or maybe even some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, uh, our parents are in the fields all day, you know, yeah. and they're somehow indirectly, you know, develop, developing, you know, a certain muscle twitch and right. maybe it's handed down. So, um, who knows? And I yeah. tell that story all the time about slavery and all that stuff. They, they, they're upset that football is uh, dominated or the, the majority of the guys in our sport are African-American. Yeah. Well, the majority of the people in those fields developing these muscles and these fast twitches were African-American. And I think that truly has something to do with our muscular structures and all this other stuff, our athleticism. But that's unproven, but that's just the way my big head thinks. Yeah. No question. And and for, for our listeners that are listening to us and for our viewers that are watching us, some of the notable alum from Glade Central, the high school that Fred Taylor went to, Super Bowl MVP Santonio Holmes, first yeah. rounder Kevin Benjamin, Riddell Anthony, Brad Banks, who was a Heisman finalist for Iowa, uh, James Jackson, who played at uh, University of Miami. The list can go on and on and on. We don't have enough time, but do your homework. And understand where Fred Taylor came from because high school in that area is basically only two high schools, Pahokee yeah. and Bell Glade. Yeah. And they go toe to toe. Every year it's called the Muck Bowl, you know, the final mm-hmm. game of the season. But there's prolific like football being played there in that one small area. So do your due diligence and check it out. You won't be disappointed. Right. Transitioning from Bell Glade to Gainesville. Uh, you won a national championship as a junior. You played with Heisman winning quarterback Danny Warfel mm-hmm. under a Hall of Fame coach in Steve Spurrier. How was your college experience overall as a Gator? Uh, it was great. You know, I tell people to this day, it's the best decision I ever made. Uh, I committed to Florida State. After oh, you my did? First I didn't know visit. that. I yeah, man. That. I committed to Florida State after my first visit. Uh, I went on a trip. You know, part of me was like, eh, you know, it's going to be so many people from Belgrade at FAMU. And going there would have probably felt just like home and some distractions. So that was one, you know, one signal that uh sort of, you know, made me weigh that option again. And then the other thing that confirmed that I was no longer going to be a Seminole was the fact that um, Coach Bowden had came down uh, to visit, right, most like most coaches do. And, um, you know, he, um, he, put, he put his foot on my grandma's end table. That was a, that was a no-no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my grandmother, she she held that in for some time. But every time I mentioned Florida State, because that was my favorite school growing up as a as a kid, it was close to the same colors almost as as my high school, uh, close to. And that's why I liked them the most. So on my trip uh, there, I committed. And then a few weeks later, I just had a great time in Gainesville. It just felt like at home. And I changed my mind and decided to go to, to Florida. So my grandmother, she was like, Son, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you because 
that man, he disrespected me and my house by putting his feet up on my end table. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go to school there. So I, you know, I figured I made the best decision. Again, anything to please her. And um, so, Fred, quick question for you: yeah. If Coach Bowden didn't put his foot on your grandmother's end table, <laughs> she he was there. Do you, well, you is know it what? safe I, to say I, you, you know what? No, remember, I, just, I no, not necessarily because I just said when Gainesville, I felt like home. Yeah, that was just confirmation home. that it, I wasn't going to go back again. You know, you, when I you. told her I'm going to go to Gainesville, I had an uncle there, LC, rest in peace, back in the day. And uh, helping with that transition for a kid who had never been away from home, really, other than a, a road trip summer camp. Uh, you know, I was like, all right, Gainesville is where I'll be. And uh, she was excited. She was happy. My time in Gainesville was amazing. Once I got the, the young, stupid Fred out of my system, mm-hmm. I almost got kicked out of college for some crazy stuff I did back in the day. You know, Coach Spurrier went to bat for me. He didn't do that for a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, he went there. He spoke on my behalf, said it's the type of person, kid I am, and the type of player that I was going to be. So he uh, really laid it out for me. And uh, instead of being suspended four games, they only rescinded one game, but it was enough to, you know, um, to I was appreciative that he even showed up, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Uh, and, um, you know, that year we won the national championship. That was my junior year in uh, 96 that he went to bat for me. Uh, but all those guys you mentioned, man, they were great teammates. Danny was amazing. You know, I was there with my high school and my pop Warner, uh, my best friend, Redell Anthony. Uh, we all went to college together. Uh, Ike Hilliard, who actually went on to, to, to go first round to the Giants, Jacquez Green, Jamie Richardson, uh, guys on the defense, Mike Peterson, Johnny Rutledge, another guy from, from Glade Central I played high school with, Jay Rutt. Uh, who was out in Arizona sometime uh, years ago. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was great, man. Again, it's the best decision I can say I made uh, probably in my life, you know, to be honest with you, because it helped get me to where I, I ended up in Jacksonville. And you, so, you know, there's obviously, you know, you played a, a healthy career in the league, and we know we got a lot of young guys coming into the league right now that don't know how to study that, that don't know how to prepare for a game. Right. Or even understand how to be a pro, and we've and I've, we heard that you you was a stooch, a, a true student of the game. Who was uh someone that helped you study, and did you study a ton of tape? And when did it start? You know, uh, I studied a, a a ton of tape, but more importantly, I took more notes than I studied tape. Uh, I I took so many notes, and a lot of the young guys didn't understand it when they came in, and a lot of the veteran guys didn't understand it, especially, you know, after five, six years in, and here I am, I'm the man, you know, and they know I'm starting. They know I know my stuff. I wasn't making mistakes in practice or on the field during the game. And they was wondering why I'm here I am taking all these notes. Well, uh, one, I always wanted to try to get the edge. Uh, I always wanted to make sure um, I, 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 I maintain certain nuggets going into each week, certain weaknesses of the guys that I'm facing, you know, how they blitz. You know, just everything. Uh, you know, if their hands are on their knees, does that mean they're blitzing or that or does that mean they're going to drop back in mm-hmm. coverage? Uh, just on in passing situations, that is. Plus, I wasn't a coffee drinker either back in the day. I would see guys come in with cups, you know, <laughs> this tall, the Eiffel Tower, like they, they come in with big cups of coffee every day, all day to stay awake. Yeah. Uh, my version of stay awake was taking notes. You know, if I'm just sitting there, sitting around looking, you know, I probably could not, but if I'm taking notes, I'm really keyed in on what the uh, coach, the teacher is saying. And um, it just became a part of me. 
I talk, I talk to kids, uh, youth football, even in business, uh, speaks sometimes. I talk about routine versus commitment. You know, we all have to develop a routine. Um, sometimes those routines get boring because we do them constantly over and over and over again. But what's going to separate, you know, good from great, make you go from good to great, uh, success versus no success. You have to be committed. Commitment reinforces your routine. And for me, taking notes was my commitment. I promised to take notes each and every day, all the way up through Sunday. And um, the first thing I start out on my notepad, I hate you guys with DBs on here, but it's the truth. I would say punish DBs early. That was my number one assignment because it'll take you guys away from trying to, you know, chop at my knees and yeah. my shin because that, that, that hurt the most more than anything. Yeah. But, uh, the, the young kids got to learn how to watch film, take notes, and that'll give them an opportunity to extend their career. Yeah, hey, I, got, career, I got another question real quick. Do you think, because uh, we know a lot of uh, a lot of the kids, uh, kids that's coming into the league, they feel entitled. Do you think, you know, the college level is doing, giving these kids too much early to look forward to in the league, far as know, the way they travel, far as, you know, just everything? You know, um, it's, uh, to, to each person a lot of times, uh, because, you know, I didn't see that in you, you guys. Right. You know, so it, it also, a lot of it depends on the guy's upbringing, you know, and a lot of it actually depends on, on, on the influences, you right. know, the, the peer influences. Uh, and I won't even, I don't even like to say peer pressures, you know, the peer influences, you know, guys that want to be in the spotlight. Uh, nowadays they have social media telling them how great they are. Right. You have guys coming out of high school with half a million, a million followers. And, and they're like, Hey, I'm the man. I've made it. So when they get in the NFL, uh, or NBA or whatever their respective pro league is, you know, they're walking around with a, uh, you know, a little bit more on their chest. Right. And, uh, that's the sense of entitlement. But, uh, when reality hits, when it really kicks off and, they find themselves on a bench or whatever. Now they're in a, a state of shock and they realize they got to go back to the drawing board to point A, which is there's no substitute, you know, like Coach Belichick would say, ain't no substitute for hard work. Yeah. You got to bust your ass, man. And that's the only way you're going to succeed, you know, be a starter and earn those additional contracts. Yeah. There's there's no secret potion to it. You just got to go out there and get it. A point your time ended in Gainesville. You know, the draft is coming right around the corner. You're a top 10 selection, number nine overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 1998 draft. Uh, what was your very, the very first thought you had when you found out you were going to Duval County? And at what point in time during your rookie year did you realize, like, yo, I can, I can do this? Like the same success you were having in Gainesville. Right. At what point during your rookie year did you realize I can have the same success in the National Football League? Man, that was, that was, it was a, my kids are losing. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Uh, so I think, um, you know, just going back to my draft, first I said I, I didn't want to go to New York. I was invited to New York, but I've seen this before my draft and even to today uh, that guys are just back there in that green room, and I didn't want to face that embarrassment. So I said, no, I'm not going to New York. So I turned down that invitation because yep. uh, I was rated to go in the top 10. So I figured I wouldn't slide out of the top 10. I was supposed to go as high as three, mm-hmm. but the Bears took Curtis Enos and all of the Bears yeah. fans regret that to this day. Oh, um, no question. Yeah. Um, so uh, on that day, I, I think after I got the call and they said Jacksonville, 
I was like, okay, cool. Let's go play some football. But then I was like, man, it was a lot of bad girls from Jacksonville at UF. <laughs> I ran into a couple of them. Um, but, uh, uh, no, seriously, um, no, I was just locked in, ready to play some ball, man. I was thankful that I was home in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my family was four and a half hour drive away. You know, my buddies from college, my homies, uh, all my classmates, teammates, they were an hour and 20 minute drive from Gainesville. So getting them tickets, I, I mean, I, all of that kind of just processed in, in my head within a matter of minutes. Yeah. And, um, I was just thankful that I was in Jacksonville, in Florida, just ready to play some football. Uh, I didn't think about the money. You know, at that time, I was just elated and excited that that whole process was over. And now it was time to, to go up there and show these people what I had. So right. I get the game, I get to Jacksonville. Um, first rookie camp, OTAs, uh, I cramped up. First time in my life I ever experienced back, back spasm. So yeah, I actually yeah. had back spasms. So I end up going in a training room. I'm on the training room table crying my heart out. I thought I was going to get cut because I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. What yeah. these kids don't understand these days, you got to want it. Right. You got to be hungry. Like that shit got to hurt. Whatever yes. happens, it gotta hurt. Like, if it, if I feel that it was threatened, that was gonna be taken away, you know, I, I couldn't have that happen. So right. that was always my demeanor and my mindset. So for me to get hurt, knowing how bad I wanted it, I'm in there crying, but I'm like, man, this, so this team security who's still there now, Skip, yeah. he goes, nah, young man, you're gonna be all right. It's just a backspin. We got the best trainers in the world. You're gonna be back. You'll be practicing in two days or however long it takes. I can guarantee you won't get cut. And that made me feel a little better. Mm-hmm. And, and I go through a few practices. It was it was pretty easy, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Uh, the linebackers couldn't keep up with me. They tried to bully me here and there, talk, hey, rookie, slow the hell down. Like, just talk <laughs> trash to me. When I got out there in the, in the preseason, they they thought I was – they said I was going to be a bust because yeah. I wasn't producing like um our fourth-round pick, Tavian Banks, had been producing. And Tavian was a good back, really good back. Uh, Tavian, Tavian went to Iowa, right? Yes, he went to Iowa. Yep. yep. So he had a lot more success in the preseason than I did. So uh, last preseason game, I remember breaking through, had a decent game against the Cowboys, and uh going into the regular season, still I didn't feel like I had made it. Went in the regular season, first two and a half games, maybe got one snap in at a running back position. Mm-hmm. I was playing punt return. Uh Third game, unfortunately, James Stewart went down with an ACL injury against the Ravens. Uh, my first run of that game was a 52 yard touchdown, toss sweep left, cut it back to the right, had over a hundred and some yards rushing that game and then turned around and had close to maybe 10 receptions, like 90 yards, uh, to go along with that rushing, uh, those, that rushing out Jeez. output and, uh, still didn't feel like I had made it, you know, um, I don't, I don't really think my whole rookie year, man, to be honest, that I felt that I really made it because right. it was just, I was just, it was easy. Right. It, it was easy. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I didn't feel like I made it to start the second year. I think that's when I feel like, okay, let's go. Let, let's really show them what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's go do this. And I was so geeked up and ready. Uh, first couple games I did well. And then I tore my hamstring, mm-hmm. let down, you know, I never got a chance to show the NFL world what I was really capable of because I had little nicks and injuries here and there 
where I wasn't able early on to show them this is the guy that the Jaguars drafted. The hype coming in early. I was never able to build on back-to-back years with the hype like a lot of young guys are. And people don't understand how important and valuable that is because the earlier you capitalize on the on the media and the media hype coming in, those Pro Bowls follow, right? They follow the hype. And, and I, I wasn't fortunate to, to carry that. And, and I can outrush some of the guys in our conference, yet they will still get the nod to Pro Bowl because they had hype. Yeah. And that's crazy, but that's – Favoritism. That's the, that's the way it goes. That, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, I would take the top three guys, regardless, regardless of what – how popular they are. The three guys statistically, those are my guys. Makes it nice and easy and unbiased, and those guys earn it. Uh, but hopefully the league will address that uh, some other time. Maybe another podcast I can read. Right. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to keep it real with you, Fred D. And I said this on some episodes ago, maybe over a month ago. I said the best running back I seen or played against was Fred Taylor. And it's funny because the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers I faced, which was my rookie year in 2005, and I caught him on the end of his career was Jimmy Smith. Like, like, Pat P, I don't even want to know what Jimmy was like in his prime years because I caught him in 2005 when he was close to the end. Ask Ty Law. Ask ask D. Starks. Ask McAllister, Chris McAllister. Oh, yeah, he tore Baltimore up that one time in Baltimore. yeah, ask Samari. Donab knew. Donab, and Donab was nice. Nob was no nice. Question. Don't get me wrong. That's my brother. Nob know. Uh, Nob used to go lock down K-Mac, Keenan. Mm-hmm. You know, they put him one-on-one on Keenan, and then they doubled uh, Jimmy on the back on the egg. So that was their game plan. But one-on-one head up, nobody wanted want to see Jimmy. Jimmy had the best numbers. I remember him saying Jimmy had the best numbers at one point in his career than any receiver had that was currently in the Hall of Fame. This is while Jimmy was still active. Jerry Rice wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin hadn't been voted in. But Jimmy's number was better than any receiver in the history of the league at that point in his career. And he was a dog. I mean, he, yeah. he retired too soon, yeah. Retired hey, Fred, our co-worker, uh, Pete Prisco, who spent many years, I know you know Pete Prisco <laughs> in Jacksonville. Oh, he God. loves him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, spent many years in Jacksonville media has said if Fred Taylor played in New York instead of Jacksonville, he'd be in the Hall of Fame right now. Do you believe that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, again, uh, and I just study things and I take it for what it's worth and, and it will happen when it happens. But if I had rushed for 700 yards, like a lot, you know, some of the guys were doing mm-hmm. in New York, 700 yards in New York is equivalent to about, you know, 1200 yards in Jacksonville. You know, and I, I used to call it rush that currency where these guys, the, the currency is different in those big media markets. You know, th- their currency, their media is more valuable than the media in smaller markets. So their output, you know, even guys that might have three picks, you know, they might have done it, you know, uh, on, on Monday night or, you know, Sunday night in a big uh, a game against Philly or a game against uh, the Cowboys. That's going to hold more weight. And I tell yeah. people to this day, I still think that uh, I lost uh, my rookie of the year to Randy Moss when he played Green Bay and Dallas. He murdered those teams. Called he, Dallas Thanksgiving Day. 
Thanksgiving Day, and and I believe the Green Bay game was a um a, a Monday Sunday. night game or yeah, something, night, whichever night, it was. Yeah, yeah. But he gave them both the business, and I think that catapulted him past me because if you look at numbers, numbers for numbers, uh, we had the same amount of touchdown. I had thirteen hundred yards, basically thirteen hundred yards rushing, and uh, I think he had just over a thousand yards receiving. But you know, again, uh, some good media was following the, the Vikings back then. Uh, he had two big games against some big opponents. And uh, when you look at who votes for it, the media, right, then um, he got the nod, much like a lot of the Pro Bowl stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Do you think you ever get in? I, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, it's hard to deny me when my numbers are better than 15 other guys that are already in there. I mean, that in itself should speak volume. It's not that they played in different eras. You know, when you look at the modern era guys, my numbers speak for itself. I don't know what I have to do. You know, maybe it's time. Maybe they have to find a way to get Tony Baselli in first. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he will be leading me, lead blocking for me all over again when it's all said and done. Because Bo was a dog. And I think he's Hall of Fame talent. But as as, as most people think, the big question mark is the longevity. Uh, but Terrell got in. For I was getting ready to say longevity for some people and longevity right. is not an right, issue right. for others. You know what I mean? Correct. I know to the market, know. but to the beat writers, the market, like you talked about, it, 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 it does go to that a lot. It, that weighs uh, in it, in my opinion, some. Uh, but yeah, because of lack of Pro Bowls is the one thing that they're saying. But if they go back and look at the numbers against the best defenses, the, the, mm-hmm. the division I played in, the Ravens twice a year. The Titans yeah. twice a year, the Steelers twice a year. My yeah. first five years before the realignment, excuse me, excuse me, in divisions, then, you know, if they extrapolate those numbers uh, and the other backs' numbers that made those Pro Bowls against the cupcake defenses that they were playing around the league, then there's an argument. And even they, I don't think that's necessary, but if you're talking about doing a deep dive to really put everything on, bring everything back to surface, I think I have a better argument and chance of, of, of making it. Uh, so I'm hopeful. Last year I was the only back selected as, um, quarterfinalist. Yeah, quarterfinalist yeah. or semifinalist. Semi, semi. Yeah. So, uh, that, that was a good sign. And hopefully we can continue that momentum and make it to the top 15 and hopefully to the final five. We, we yeah. got to get you in there. We got to, I got to get Pete Prisco on the job, man. Go ahead and spark some, uh, some, some sparks for you. Cause I think the best way to understand if someone is a Hall of Famer is by talking to the peers they played against. Right. You know what I mean? Outside of what your eyes have shown you, you know what I mean? Right. What your eyes are telling you. We all know right. what hot tape looked like. We all know what dominating performances look like, regardless of injuries, regardless of Super Bowls or the lack thereof. But when you right. go talk to some people that played against, individuals like some of the wide receivers that Pat P has played against. I'm pretty sure they'd be like, man, dog. Right. You know 100%. what I mean? Well, 100%. And, and, when guys like Randy Moss, even though he was a teammate at one point uh, and he was never on the opposite side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, Randy's vouched for me. Uh, but we have Ray Lewis, again, a guy I played twice a year for multiple mm-hmm. years. Derek Brooks, a guy I've played against uh, several times, even though we're in different uh, conferences. Still a guy that has vouched for me. Warren Sapp, another guy from Tampa. You have Ed Reed. So these are all Hall of Famers that have, you know, talked up uh, uh, my game. And, and and I'm not talking about uh, – well, that those are just the defensive guys. When you talk about Marcus Allen, you know, the, the, the Terrell Davises, 
Jim Brown. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Jim Brown at one point said I was the best running back that uh he had seen, you know, in the best definitely in the league yeah. during that time. So for me that holds weight. And I think that that should hold some weight in the eyes of the selector because these aren't just guys. These are, you know, guys that are uh immortal that are gonna be in Canton, you know, for the next forty thousand years. Right. You so, too, Pat yeah, P. For sure, for sure. And you talked about uh some stingy defenses and you had an opportunity to play against one of them in two thousand seven in the playoff game. What do you remember the most about uh that two thousand play two thousand seven playoff games versus Steelers? It was nerve wracking. (laughs) It was nerve wracking. And the reason I say that is because um I believe it was early December. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was December, just, I think it was three weeks prior yeah. to the playoff game. It was cold. I know it was cold. It yeah. Was so it was, yeah. it was two weeks in. So we played them and I think we were down for two weeks. And then that third week we were playing them again in the wild card game. Yep. And, um, the first game, you know, our game plan was look, let's just attack. Let's attack the edges. Let, let's make them undisciplined, attack the edges and find some lanes. And, and it was snowing. It was snowing mm-hmm. that game. And, uh, I love snow games. Because I know <laughs> where I'm going to go. I know what, what, how my footwork, you know, the, the defense, the defenders don't. You know, if you put right. on brakes, they don't necessarily know where you're going. So they have to be very aware of their footing and, and their, how they're going to tackle you. Under those conditions, everybody got to tackle like Troy Palmalu. Just shoot, right? And just make <laughs> right. the runner commit. Just go ahead and shoot. Uh, but now, now the defenders did that and guys were sliding down. So that was a successful day. For myself, our run game, Mojo, quite naturally, and, and B-Mac can attest to this, yep. we dominated in the run game that day. Uh, but in the playoff game, it was a dog fight. It yeah. wasn't easy. Well, the first game, it wasn't easy. I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, it definitely was hard to, to gain a yard. I think I finished that game with maybe 20 yards. Mojo had a great day, but um, I didn't have the day that I expected. But uh, the first time in my career – I had butterflies all day. It was a night game. Mm-hmm. I got up, put on my, my, my scully, my hoodie, clothed up, put on sleeves, and I walked downtown Pittsburgh for probably about an hour and a half, just trying to get the jitters out. I couldn't sleep, uh, just ready for the game to come because the next week was the undefeated Patriots. Yeah. So whoever won th- this game We're going to had a it. shot to, to knock them off from being undefeated. And, uh, that made it even more challenging because I really wanted to win. Uh, I wasn't sure, sure if I was going to retire or not, but the run was a good run for us. And uh, just taking advantage of the opportunity, didn't know if I was getting another shot. So that was a big game in 07. Yeah. That was the biggest playoff game of my career, even though, even though I was in New England for two years. That playoff game against the Steelers meant the most, uh, more than the other uh, five Playoff games that, yeah, I think it was five, six total, I think, in my career. Uh, But the other five were less important. Well, not less important, but for me, this one had more weight. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Fred, speaking of the the numbers, week 14, you had 147 yards against us. In the playoff game, you had 48. Okay, 48. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, hey, y'all dominated us, man. That 22 personnel week 14. We had no answer. You, Mojo, Greg Jones, man, y'all, they ran the ball. Gotta have 33 Greg Jones. Oh, yeah. G, G Jones, G Jones (laughs) made it. See, but the thing is, G Jones made it work for us, right? Mm -hmm. He made it work because as a former college running back, 
yeah. you know, uh, Greg G's job was just to, um, you know, read it like a running back. You know, yeah. we come down in that 22 personnel. We, you know, we, we know the outside defender is going to attack. If more than likely we're going to set it up so where he has contained yet. So we, we end up booking him and making him a free runner because we were step to him. We weren't going to block him. And, and G would say, let's go. That means let's go backside. And we're yeah. saying this as we're running the ball. So as we're moving, G, go, go, go. Now that means put your foot in the ground, go back. You block him. I'm on the top safety right now. That's right. safety. He's, he's, he's just out there. He ain't even part of the play no more. Right. So, so you, you were verbally, y'all were verbally speaking in the backfield while the play is in play. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like two steps. Go, go, go. Boom. We, we back door, but we, that's repetition. Yeah. yeah you know, that's, that's yeah. doing it a million times. Uh, and that was nothing. I was, I was more impressed when I was in New England in the middle of the game. I had a, I have a, um, a, a check down. Tom is green 18, green 18. Sit. Go, go. Fred, swing, swing. I got to go <laughs> check down and swing in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. like, but that's why they're so great. But that, that's another story. That guy, yeah. he's definitely the GOAT, truly, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No question. So, you know, your post career has been phenomenal, to say the least, when you talk about getting into the media. Um, you know, being a part of the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder, uh, uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, yeah. you guys have been killing it. You know, talk about the biggest reason for the success behind I Am Athlete and how did this magnificent podcast become a reality? You know what? Um, the, we probably would never have it if it wasn't due to COVID mm-hmm. and quarantine. Uh, Brandon and I at the time, and this was, um, uh, back in March, end of March of, uh, last year, 2020. Just one day I was out hanging outside. He was on his golf cart riding around the neighborhood with his kids like he usually always does. And, uh, he stopped over. He said, bro, man, I am bored as hell at home, man. Uh, what you think about doing a podcast? I didn't, I didn't, hey, I'm like, okay, anything to get out. I'm all right, cool. You know, cause right now I've just been in the house every day, all day. I'm homeschooling. I'm doing every, I'm like, no, I, I need an outlet. So, um, he put together a group of four guys and, and, uh, initially it was Reggie. We, we decided to do the podcast. First show aired on YouTube, April the 3rd of 2020. Here we are, you know, about 13 months since the first show aired, uh, today, actually about 13 wow. months. April 4th of 2020 was the first show. Yeah. Last year. And really it's just sort of taken off. And I think the reason because of the, the, the evergreen, the organic feel, mm-hmm. the fact that it's unscripted, you know, we, we go in there, <laughs> we get a guest, uh, we might get a guest, you know, a couple days leading up to, uh, we might have a guy that's local in Miami that calls in and say, Hey, I want to be on the show. And we'll call each other. Hey, can you guys, can we tape a show tonight? We get the production team together. We try to find a way. But the fact that it's uh, organic, it's just evergreen. The topics are real life. You know, it's, it's giving back. You know, we, we really try to speak to the youth. You know, yeah. we were once in those shoes. So we really try to give back to them and their parents, you know, try to make that pave the way and make it a bit easier for them through our experiences. Uh, I try not to talk about anything that I haven't experienced. Uh, in all topics, uh, nothing's off topic. 
you know, so we go in there, we try to keep it as 100% real as we can. Uh, for the respect of the guests that are on the show, we ask them, hey, what are you comfortable with talking? If they say, hey, I'm an open book, we're going to get into everything. But we would like to be respectful of everyone. But it's been fun. It's been fun. Channing's a, uh, a great, great guy. Channing was always misunderstood for, for, for all that I knew prior to the podcast. Mm-hmm. He was a gator, used to walk down the street in Gainesville with his shoes off, his shirt off, you know, a guy that'll spit on you. And I'm like, damn, you know, but he's a gator. <laughs> so I accepted him as a gator and, you know, a cool guy on the field when we yeah. played each other. Uh, but to have grown to know him throughout this last year, he's amazing, smart, smart person, man. Uh, Ocho, we all know what Ocho is and what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just an open book and, uh, I'm excited for everything he's doing and that the fact that he's in a happy place, you know, yeah. with everything in his life, with, with yeah. everything. And, and lastly, B Marsh, you know, B Marsh is definitely the entrepreneur. Uh, he's a guy that's very versatile. You know, uh, in everything from putting on a business hat, his business acumen has shot through the roof, uh, because he wants it. And that's what mm-hmm. we started off the show with telling the kids, Hey, you got to want it. You know, no matter what it is, you got to want it. And, uh, and he's doing great things with House of Athletes, uh, with his supplement plans through House of Athletes, with I am athlete. Then we have I am black. Um, we have I am NASCAR mm-hmm. that the whole entire month of May. Uh, we're going to do, uh, uh, episodes from, uh, I am NASCAR. We have, uh, uh, Ern- Dale Earnhardt Jr. Mm-hmm. We have, um, Cal Bush, you know, just to name a few. And those are gods of NASCAR. So we were blessed and fortunate to be able to get those guys on different episodes, but it, it's good, man. It's, it's fun. It's open. It's lighthearted. When you guys are, you know, available, we definitely love to uh, get you guys on. If you can, contractually, you know, because I understand, you know, how things work. But uh, if there's a way you guys can do it contractually, we would love to have you on there. Hell yeah. yeah. Now, we'll we'll definitely, uh, I I know I'm definitely uh, looking forward to coming down there and checking you guys out for sure. Because you guys are definitely doing some major things down there with the uh, I Am Athlete podcast. No question. Uh, So, Fred T, we're going to move on down to the red zone. We we drove it from 120. (laughs) Now we're down here to, to the, to the red zone and we need some, we need to score some points. So we're going to hit you All with right. some rapid fire question. We're going to jump into our superlative part of the, uh, of the show. Let's here we it. go. It's first, it's first and 10 from the 15, man. Who was the greatest Jacksonville Jaguar ever? Ooh. <laughs> you looking Ooh. at it. All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but it can't be yourself. Okay. I, I got to go obviously, uh, Tony Baselli. You know, Bo, again, Bo was a dog. I I can't take no credit away from him. Right. Okay. Next question. You got seven yards on that play. It's it's second and three. The odds are in my favor. Yeah, the odds are in your favor. (laughs) Who do you hate more, Florida State or Pahokee High School? Oh, man, I – I gotta go with the Seminoles, man. (laughs) But it's only a – it's only a November hate. Okay. I root root for Florida State. I root for the Canes. I root for UCF. I root for all my Florida teams. Uh-huh. You know it's just Florida love. That's just how I am. But in yeah. November, y'all can cancel Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and listeners and viewers, like I said earlier in the show, Pahokee was his rival high school, and they don't like each other. Bell Glade, Pahokee don't like each other at all. So that's right. why and we muck, and, and the Muck Bowl was also around uh, at the end of the season. So if that's around November, December, that's when we play the Muck Bowl. But I always look forward to that. 
Uh, I didn't always look forward to playing Florida State because I, I knew what that was going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was man, that was tough. Always yeah. tough. Yeah. All right, here, here's the next one. Uh, who has the the best jump cut ever? And I had an opportunity to watch obviously a couple of them over the years, but the one I had an opportunity to watch in person, who I was a huge fan of, was David Johnson. To you, who has the best jump jump cut ever? And break it down of an yeah, idea. Put your coach hat on for us, Fred. Jump, uh, jump cut. <laughs> You know, the best jump cut ever in the history of the game is undoubtedly, uh, without question, exclamation, 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 Barry Sanders. Yeah. That's easy. That's that's too easy. And, and the fact that really the, the running back position is 90% uh, instincts and reaction, 10% knowing what you're going to do, knowing your assignment. And But you got to have that whole 10% covered, right? Uh, but it's reaction. And Barry got a lot of zone runs. A lot of uh, traps, and he didn't have the best line in, in uh, Detroit. And right. so for that, his jump cut ability saved him, and that's the reason why he is the Barry that we know today. Because yeah. sometimes you have guys that great at jump cutting. If they get those big holes, they, they, you kind of you're like, whoa, it's big, like whoa, and you freeze like a deer in the headlight, mm. and then now you get through. The defense is recovered, yeah. but a lot of times, if you go to the line and you see the line collapsing. When you have those penetrating three techniques or, or those defensive ends that crash down from their seven technique position to try and force you out to a cover two cornerback, uh, then now you have to be able to use your peripheral vision because without the vision, you're not going to see the jump cut. So you'll right. be able to see what's attacking in front of you. And if you can jump cut outside, because a lot of times if you have outside uh, force up field, a jump cut doesn't necessarily work if you also have inside penetration. You just yeah. take the loss, live to get ready for the next play. So, uh, but if you have the peripheral vision after that initial penetration by the interior, or it could just be a stalemate, right? It could be a stalemate. And once you jump cut outside, you have to have the ability to get back north vertical right now. You can't jump cut and then run sideways. You'll never right. make yards. So being able to jump cut and, and explode back vertical. Uh, it's the key, uh, for me in a successful jump cut. Uh, so yeah, Barry definitely has the best jump cut in the history of the game, in my opinion. Good. Okay. That was a good one. I don't think, I don't think many people would yeah, disagree with that, with that answer. Last question for you. Dream guess you want to get on I am athlete. Who's your dream guest? Oh man. Uh, I haven't, I haven't really thought of it, um, that way. I think my wife is okay with me saying Halle Berry, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, in, in terms of athletes, man, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You know, mm. to be honest with you, um, uh, I'm looking forward to the day we can get Beast Mode on there because yeah. I know he's gonna cut a fool. Oh, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to getting uh, Marshawn on there. Um, dream guest, man. You, you you guys have had some big names: Mike Vick, Dwayne Wade, Cam. Yeah, we've had some huge names. Um, so Rick I guess Ross. for that matter, right, and Rick Ross, you know, uh, so for that matter, um, I guess I can, I, I, I'll just go and say, uh, President Obama. Oh, you know, yeah. simply because of, um, you know, what he stood for and what he fought for, you know, and I know a lot of people have their bias and don't always play, uh, politics, but I'm mm -hmm. talking about just the, the, the human in him, right? Just yeah. the, the fact that, um, you know, he, he seemed to care about all people. And, um, pretty much, I think we have the same sort of demeanor. I care and love everybody. Mm -hmm. I try to treat everybody the same, you know, regardless of 
the fact that I have been blessed to to play in the NFL with the the talent that God given me. I look, I treated everybody the same, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I think that former President Obama, you know, he will come on with an open mind, uh, not an agenda, and uh, just talk freely like the show is. We just talk freely. We don't have an agenda. You know, we respect all of the guests that come on the show. And um, for that, I, I think he would be uh, an ultimate uh, uh, guest for us to have. No question. Our, ours too, Fred. So you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we right there with you, man. We right there with you. But Fred, man, thank you for joining us. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Awesome, awesome conversation. Yes, Jacksonville sir. Jaguar legend. I appreciate and, it. And we're going to speak this into existence. Soon to be in a Hall of Famer. You'll be in there. That's yeah. good, well, you, man. I, I hope the yellow jacket, I hope the gold jacket comes with a new lighting system. Because I got to get better. <laughs> I got to get better with my lighting. Hey, Fred, when, when you get that, that call that you're going into the hall, who, who will you have to uh, give you your uh, the intro speech? You, <laughs> who would you have to present you? You thought about that yet? Uh, no, I haven't. I have not. Hey, don't 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 even say it right now, Fred. Yeah, you know I have not, but I can say this. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, the last two years she's been battling uh, dementia, and it's the lady I talked about at the beginning. Your my man, you yeah. know, and uh, here I am. I got to make sure that the the tear that's trying to come out this side doesn't come out. But if if she was in her right state of mind, she would definitely be that person. Well, I can tell you this much, Fred. What would be huge, I think, for you if you get that notification that you're going in and maybe she might not be able to present you, but just being in attendance. Yeah. I think that would be huge for you. I, about it. Because I can tell you this much. Grand, grandmothers are special. Yes, yeah, man. I mean, mothers are special, but grandmothers? Man, yeah. grandmothers, they, they, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of unconditional love. No Correct. doubt about it. Coming Correct. from your grandma, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. So I, I know, you can't I know, know no wrong in grandma eyes. Oh, no question. You can't <laughs> right. do no wrong in grandma's eyes and they gonna forever shower you down with nothing but no love. No doubt about it. Whatever you, Correct. whatever Correct. you need. <laughs> that, that, that's definitely true, man. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Pat, you know, yep. I got, I got to show our big homie love, Peter Miller, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I know he's talking trash. He talked trash to me about the Peloton all the time. <laughs> oh, he always told me about that damn Peloton, man. He's talking about his I output. I just want to say what's up to my big dog, man. Take yes, him sir. One of the best guys in the business. Love him to death. I agree, man. Same here, man. I appreciate We appreciate you again, Fred T. All right, fellas. Love. Yes, sir. Love. Yes, sir. Be safe, Fred. Likewise. Thanks again to Fred Taylor, and thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.